0: Hi there, and welcome to the No Labels, No Limits podcast. A podcast all about busting through limiting labels and beliefs so that you can lead a life of purpose, enjoyment, and fulfillment. I'm Sarah Box, your host. And is there a part of your life or business that you feel could use a transformation right now? Is there something that feels like it's out of alignment, or you're doing all the things you've been doing, but somehow all of a sudden they're not working. Everything feels harder for you. You feel like you're doing things and you're not actually even sure if you want them, even if you're having success. So those are kinds of questions that I often will ask my clients, and I definitely ask them of myself. When I feel like I'm at a place where it's time to shed some old or limiting labels and beliefs and really step into the bigger, better, newer, shinier version of who I'm supposed to be? What is it that I, I'll use myself as an example, what is it that I actually want in my business, in my relationships, for my team, with my health? What do I want and why? What, what difference does that make? The question, when I ask those questions, if I asked it of myself 10 or even five years ago, I would have different answers than I have today because life has changed. My circumstances have changed. Circumstances for family members have changed. So what I actually want looks a little different. What's true for me today? Well, if I start answering those questions, then I have to think about what are some old or outdated assumptions? What assumptions did I just inherit from a previous job or relationship about what's possible. If I'm going to accept that there are many things possible, in fact, more things possible than not, I need to be able to think about what are the assumptions I'm working on and challenge them. And then when I get into those places, sometimes I find myself scratching my head and thinking, I need a little bit of help here. I need someone to stand back and ask me some of these questions and then help me challenge my thinking because I'm too in the weeds on it, right? One of the things I realized and only after I started to slow down a bit is that the person answering the questions is different depending on how well-rested I am. Now, for folks who think that being rested just means not working or doing, That's a piece of it, but that's not all of it. There are degrees of rest and renewal, rest and restoration. So that's why this week I want to bring back a previous podcast guest. I'm going to run her interview again because I thought it was so powerful And this is Sandra Dalton-Smith. And there's a a full introduction to her in the um, podcast start. But one thing I do want to encourage you to do is to think about places in your life, the questions that I've asked, what is it you actually want? What's true for you today? Do you have old or outdated assumptions that are kind of making you run the race that you're running? And then where might you need guidance? I think if you are like many of the women and men that I talk to, the advice and guidance and insights that Dr. Dalton Smith offers are powerful. And as someone who has read her book, I can say that I have been working on this a while and I'm starting to feel the benefits of greater rest and restoration because my thinking is getting clear. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you do, we'd love for you to um, share it with a friend, someone else who you think could use some of Dr. Dalton's lessons and information. So let's get started on the podcast.
1: You're listening to the No Labels No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box. Where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internal. Prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box.
0: Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits Podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. Hi, I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a former executive director and nonprofit consultant with three decades of experience. I'm the founder of the Intentional Nonprofit Leaders community where we help successful, heart-centered nonprofit executives who are also exhausted, stressed, or overextended to regain time, lead from their purpose, and implement a systematic process that creates a strong board and staff team. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and clarity. And that's something today's guest is going to be able to put a lot of light on for us. So let me tell you a little bit, little bit about our podcast guest today. I've been reading her book for the last three or four days. And when I say reading, listening. So I'm going to get in and give you a little detail about her. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, Dr. Smith is a board-certified internal medicine physician and an author. She's a national and international media resource on the mind-body-spirit connection and a top 10 medical expert in good housekeeping, Dr. Secrets. That's not all. She's been featured in many outlets, including Women's Day, Red Book, First for Women, MSNBC, Prevention, Fast Company, Psychology Today, and as a guest on the Dr. Oz Show. I think some of the things that really stand out to me though is that she has shared her tips on merging faith and medicine with over 16,000 healthcare professionals to encourage the current and next generation of doctors to treat the whole person. And that's so powerful. And beyond the doctors and healthcare professionals she's helping, she's also helped more than 100,000 people have to discover their personal rest deficits using her free assessment at restquiz.com. I'm glad to count myself in among the 100,000 people plus. Dr. Sondra Dalton-Smith is the author of numerous books, including her new book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, where she, I just love that title, where she shares groundbreaking insights into the seven types of rest needed to optimize productivity increase our overall happiness, overcome burnout, and live our best life. And as a consumer of the audio version of the book, I can tell you that Dr. Dalton Smith is also a talented voiced artist and can add that to our list of accomplishments. And that's a sincere accomplishment to you because that's not easy to be all those roles. And then when you read or you you actually, yeah, you read your book, it's almost like you're sitting down having coffee with me or walking with me. And it's so it's so nurturing just to listen, even, which is good because the truths are not always comfortable. So, But in this episode, you're going to learn from Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith what the seven types of rest are, what the distinction between sleep and rest is why so many of us struggle with fatigue and insomnia, especially when rest is so simple, and the connection between emotional rest and no longer feeling the need to perform. I wanna say once again how much I've been looking forward to this conversation. And now I'd like to welcome our guest, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. Hi, Dr. Smith.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, it's really a gift to have you on the show. First, thanks for writing sacred rest recover your life renew your energy and restore your sanity but before we get started i wanted to ask you one question or mm-hmm. a question and is there something you do daily to keep you grounded and focused in your own
2: renewal and restoration yes every day i do quick rest assessment so i don't take the whole quiz but i think about where am I pouring out in that day? You know, what exactly is the area that I'm exerting the most energy? And then I try to do something very intentional to pour back into whatever area that may be.
0: Excellent. Well, I think as we go through the interview, people will get a sense about like, what are those areas? What is she talking about? Um, And of course, I love the intentionality of it because at least in my life, nothing really happens without declaring and being intentional.
2: Yes, and I think for for myself, because I do a lot of different things, every day is not exactly the same as the next day. One day I may need more physical rest and the next day it may be more creative rest. And so by not getting kind of tied up into a routine, I'm able to stay on top of what the actual rest deficit is that I'm dealing with.
0: So that's gonna really resonate with people who don't like routine or whose life is unpredictable, which in this current environment, describes most of us to some right. degree. Right. Let's start off, you know, you in your book, Sacred Rest, you mentioned the gifts of rest. What does that even mean?
2: Well that's the thing. When we actually start applying rest in our lives and doing these restorative type activities, there are some things that happen automatically without you even having to really think about it or overprocess. Some of those gifts include things like boundaries. When you make a point of doing restorative activities, you ought, you have to put up some personal boundaries. You have to start prioritizing what you're going to do on each and every day. You also have to start thinking about reflecting. You start automatically looking back on where you're using your energy, what you've done that day in certain types of rest that we'll talk about, emotional and social. You start getting a gift of communication because those require you to be able to communicate your feelings or to communicate, you know, how someone's affecting your life, the energy that they bring or take away from it. So there's a lot of gifts. I named 12 of them within the book that you don't have to like force yourself to get these. They're just a part of the process. Once you start applying and doing some of these restful type principles. Well, let's talk
0: about the um, seven types of risk. Can you briefly define each type?
2: Yes. So I'll name them first, just so we have kind of a framework and then we can dive into each of them. The seven types, the three that most people are most familiar with are the physical, mental and spiritual. And then we have the four that are lesser known, but, are, but tend to be the ones where people actually have a deficit. That's the emotional, social, sensory and creative. And so with physical, that I think that's the one most people automatically think about. It's basically we think about sleep, which is a passive type of physical rest, sleeping and napping. And then we have an active component to physical rest that includes things like yoga or stretching or taking a leisure walk. They're basically activities that help improve your circulation and your lymphatics. So you're not doing it to exercise or to, you know, get the the clicks on your Fitbit, you're doing them really more of a restorative process rather than an exertional type activity. Then we have mental rest. For most, mental rest is the concept of getting your mental space to quiet down, to not be jumping around from thought to thought. I oftentimes think of the brain kind of like a river and many of our brains are like someone threw a pebble in the river. We see the ripples that are constantly going. Those brain waves are constantly active. And there should be a time when it's quiet, when the the water's still, when it's not always in motion. And so when you have a problem with mental rest, you may notice that you try to go to sleep at night. And the second you close your eyes and get in the bed, you're checking off your to-do list. You're thinking about the conversation you had with somebody earlier in the day. You're running through all of your negative thought processes. And when that happens, your brain will actually prevent you from going into the deeper levels of sleep because your rumination over that information makes it believe that it's more important than the sleep that you said you wanted when you got into the bed. So that's what a mental rest deficit looks like. And for many, getting Getting that under control or restoring the mental rest they need could be as simple as doing a practice called brain dumping, where before you go to bed, if you have a thought that you're ruminating over, write it down, put it on something concrete, because a notepad, a journal, a post-it note even, it lets the brain have permission to let that thought go and not try to keep, keep it in your head all night, even at the expense of sleep. And then there's spiritual rest. Spiritual rest is the rest that comes when you are able to kind of look at things in a broader picture. You're seeing yourself as something and as a part of something bigger. And so that could take many forms depending on people's religious and spiritual beliefs. But regardless if I'm talking to a Christian or if I'm talking to an atheist, we they all with this concept of spiritual rest seem to connect around the sense of community and humanity that comes from it. And so that seems to be a common ground that even when people don't have the same spiritual belief I have, that they can understand the value of spiritual rest because it keeps us interconnected. You start seeing yourself as part of this kind of bigger humanity picture and you start valuing that. And then the other four types of rest, the emotional rest has to do with allowing yourself to be very authentic and open and real about your feelings and where you're at it combats that people pleasing tendency that many of us grow up with or develop as we go throughout our professional life. And it keeps you in a place where you understand that it's important even as a leader to have somebody in your life where you do not have to hide behind walls. I think uh, many leaders have that feeling of needing to always be on or in performance mode. And it's important to have someone that you don't do that with because the stress of performing is in itself sometimes a toxic stress that keeps us overwhelmed and fatigued. And so that could be a trusted friend, that could be a counselor, that could be a coach. There's many forms that that could take, but everyone needs someone or at least a few people really that they can have that type of relationship with. And then there's social rest. Social rest deals with the energy we get from other people. So we've all experienced, I think, when we're around someone who negatively pulls on our energy. That could be someone who, honestly, it could be someone who's actually someone you love to death. It could be your kids, your spouse, your elderly parents, but they require things from you. They're constantly requiring from you. So they're not bad people, but the pull on your life is a negative pull. We also need to have those people who are positively pouring back into our lives. And much of the research shows that adults have fewer adult friends now than ever, even before COVID. So just in general, our lifestyles pull us away from just having relationships from the positive aspect of having a relationship with someone. And that's what social rest looks like. It's getting back to -to eye-to-eye contact, getting back to spending time with people just because you enjoy being in their presence and it's really a focus on the power of presence and how it can be restorative in itself. And then the final two sensory rest deals with just like it says the senses. So it takes into account things like your electronics and the noises that could be in your workplace or surroundings, the smells, the touches, the feels, all of those things related to our senses and being very mindful of how they affect you. If you tend, if you go to work and you feel great and then after eight hours of being on your computer, you find that you're not as nice as you were when you first got started, you may be experiencing a little bit of sensory overload, which is a form of sensory rest deficit. Many people don't realize that the the amount of sensory inputs they have within their day because they don't take into account the radio that's playing in the background, the TV that's on that no one's watching, the lights that are bright throughout the day and night and doesn't realize that really that affects your behavior oftentimes and can have a negative effect on your relationship if it causes you to be more irritable or to be less patient. And then finally, creative rest. I think most people have experienced this but just didn't know what it was or didn't know how to term it. But if you're someone who's ever been to the beach or the mountains or in the woods and you've had this experience that you felt revived and just rejuvenated by being in these natural settings, that's really what creative rest looks like. It's the rest that we receive when we allow beauty, whether it's natural beauty or man-made beauty, to awaken and to inspire us. And so that could be an art museum for somebody, or it could be listening to a symphony or going to a to the theater, or it could be just being in nature. And one of the things that I loved about the studies when I was doing the research on creative rest is that they did the studies particularly with people who had that feeling when they were around bodies of water and and at the ocean. And it showed that the MRIs that they did of the brain, that even when they were just shown pictures or looking at walls that were aqua colored or certain colors of blue, that the same brain changes on the MRI that they had when they were actually looking at the ocean were exactly the same when they were looking at those pictures. And so that's great news for those of us who haven't been able to get to the beach in a while. You can do something as simple as change the lock screen on your phone or the background on your computer or a wall in your house and start creating these areas of of rest that we need within our busy days without having to take a vacation, without having to quit our job, and certainly without having to burn out and get to a point where we are forced to do these things.
0: It's interesting that you say that because there's a couple of follow-up questions I have for you um, specific to that. And the whole piece about our brain waves reacting in that way, even when we're not there presently, is something that's such a simple thing to be able to attend to. And I'm curious when you work with people and you're coaching them and and when you're being a doctor with them, right? Like, what are the areas where people come and they're just resistant um, most frequently? if if there is the most frequent, most resistant to caring for themselves.
2: In regards to the different types of rest? Yes. I would say the number one area that people tend to neglect is that area of social rest. And it's weird because we're always with people, <laughs> you know, whether your job or your family, most of us are always with people to some degree but what I found is because of social media and texting and just all of the quick ways we're able to connect with people, we we feel like we are more socially connected than we actually are. And so we feel like, oh, well, I don't need to go spend any time with friends or make an effort to actually have deep meaningful friendships with people because I've got 50,000 friends on social media. But those friendships, um, although can be you know beneficial can be enjoyable they oftentimes are not as deep as someone who knows you kind of personally and so I think it's really important for for people to realize the importance of presence and even you know in our current situation where we're limited on getting on getting together with groups of people and limited on even just going to someone's house in some situations that the research showed that even making a small shift, From having your meetings on a phone to having them where you can virtually see people, their eye contact, their body movements, their facial expressions actually creates greater social rest than just having like a text message or an email that you shoot to somebody. And when, you know, when things hopefully get back to some level of normalcy if you're in the office with someone, rather than shoot them an email or a text, to actually get out of your chair and walk to their desk and have a face-to-face conversation. It helps you and it helps them, particularly if it's someone that you enjoy. It's someone who's life-giving to you. Being in their presence will actually help fill you up and improve your day, rather than just doing it electronically.
0: I think there in the book, when you talk about that, that piece about it being, you being able to not have to perform and have it be restorative to you, those relationships Mm -hmm. was really profound because I think it's so easy. We're in these relationships and it feels like it's a one, it could be one of those because there are people, like you said, that you love and their family or whatever, but honestly, it requires you showing up and not necessarily the other piece person depending on what's going on, they show up, but it's not the same balance. You're there to minister to or do for, and it, it's not social. And that was surprising for me when I took the test and I got my results back. I'm thinking, well, I'm not so bad. I need attention and some that. I'm going, what's up with this social thing? So, <laughs> but it totally pinned me. You know, I'm going, you know, that's it because there's that whole piece. And I think, especially as leaders or people who are type A, raising my hand here, just when you said that if you get that emotional rest and there's no longer a need to perform, just even reading or hearing those words is a sense of relief.
1: Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show.
0: I want to ask you, what are the long-term effects, though, of only for focusing on work and omitting the um, regular periods of rest, of all kinds of
2: rest? Well, I think we, we see a lot of it just within our society. You know, depending on the type of rest deficit someone's dealing with, you, you can notice kind of side effects of it. I'll give you an example with with, uh, sensory rest. You know, we've all seen the two year old who shows up at their birthday party and they're like super excited and they're having a great time. And then like two hours into it, it's like something switches. And all of a sudden they're crying and they're like hysterically upset and they're throwing things. And it's like, nobody took their toy, they're just mad. And then you elevate that like 16 years forward to the teenager who's playing, you know, four hours of a Fortnite tournament and your teen walks in, this happy go-lucky teen that you can deal with at least, and they come out this monster that's rebellious and <laughs> you can hardly do anything with. You add 20 more years to that, and you have the executive who, you know, is at work, working full, full and kind of all in, fully in control, drives home with the the background information about, a, you know, the newscast telling them everything that's going on, and then they walk in the door and they don't understand why they're agitated and irritated and they have no patience with their wife and their kids. It's all the same thing. It's a sensory rest deficit. They're sensory overloaded throughout their day with all that's going on with their, their gadgets and with, you know, the atmosphere just being sensory rich. And what happens with that, it makes people very hard to be approachable and it makes them very difficult to be understanding and to be compassionate because we've taken people to their kind of to the edge of their abilities. We see it with emotional rest when when someone has gotten to the point where they've gotten used to kind of keeping their feelings under wrap. So then when they're dealing with anxiety or depression or burnout, they don't feel it's safe to actually tell anybody that. Not a doctor, not a therapist, not their best friend. They don't feel it's safe to actually voice that information. And I think the reason that gets to be so dangerous is because, and we see it oftentimes with celebrities, where you'll see a celebrity with this beautiful life. I mean, you know, they're blessing and you know helping many, many people. And then they take their life and we're wondering how can someone who is so kind of giving to the world and doing so much great stuff in the world, not think that they should belong in the world. That's what happens when you are constantly producing, but you never actually take the time to enjoy what it is you produce. And I think many of us are living like the bee. We are churning out goodness to everybody. We're, you know, we're working with our clients and, our, and, all, and all of the people that are you know, in our sphere of influence. And we're trying to kind of make the world a better place. But in the process of creating all this goodness, we have never stopped to actually taste it for ourselves. And then what happens is you lose your motivation and your purpose and your desire to continue doing that. And it gets very toxic.
0: And it's not just in our... It also has effects on our physical health as well, mm-hmm. correct so absolutely. and as a doctor, you know that probably better than most. so what are those things? because I think it's easy for someone to say, "Oh, well, I'm managing emotionally, you know, and we can gloss over or rationalize mm-hmm. people are really <laughs> good at rationalizing but but absolutely. there are concrete symptoms that show up okay. when people are not rested, right
2: yes, absolutely and. Specifically, if we're looking at the body, kind of the things that happen within the body, one of the very first things that physically that a lot of people notice is pain. Um, Part of the physical rest component, when there's a physical rest deficit, are tight muscles, headaches, you have an increased cortisol level in your body because you're constantly staying kind of anxious and wired, your stress level stays high, which then increases the risk for problems like high blood pressure, diabetes, which increases your inflammatory response and unfortunately the inflammatory response is what's felt to be kind of at the 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 basis for many health issues now you know including diabetes heart attacks strokes as well as dementia and for some people part of that mental rest deficit that they experience they start feeling like they can't remember things you know you walk into the room and you don't know why you walked in there or you've got five things on your grocery list and you can't remember but three of them you know, for most people, it's not that they have early dementia, it's that they have a mental rest deficit. If you're a 30-year-old and you're experiencing that, chances are you're burned out in that area of mental capacity because your mind is so used to being full that it has lost the ability to concentrate. And that's part of what mental rest looks like, is getting back to that that quiet part of the cerebral space where the, the river goes back to the stillness so that you can able to concentrate your, your thoughts and, and really do much deeper levels of work because you're not superficially jumping around to all these different subjects.
0: Well, I think for so long, we bought the bill of goods, if you will, that you can do all these things at one time. You can, and it's just such a lie. You can't.
2: It just needs to be in proportion. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, you know, one of the things that I love about your book, partly because I could listen to it and be in nature, which helps ground the lessons for me. Um, but you have so many stories, teaching stories. And for folks listening or watching this, this is one of the strengths of the book. It isn't just like, here's the information, but it gets grounded in a real life story. And one of them that particularly resonated with me, ironically, I was pruning rose bushes. so was when you were stitching the wrists of that young woman who was in your urgent care, right? And so you're healing mm-hmm. her, and she asked you if you had ever felt invisible. And that was so powerful because it's such a simple question. And for me, I thought, oh my God, talk about a uh, honest question, right? At your most vulnerable. And then you went on to talk about how small the confining space you had after that was. And then another story was when you resolved to become a sister of the one you envied. Different story, different purpose. But I'm wondering, do you have a favorite story?
2: Um, pro- I guess probably my favorite would be the one specifically with the young woman that was in the ICU with me after her, her car accident. And I think because it's it's I see it so often. <laughs> I think that's why it's my favorite because it I I told her portion of the story, but I have seen that so many times where, you know, it may not have been a car accident. For some people, it was a heart attack because, you know, they, they stayed stressed for so long, they didn't really take care of themselves and that was the result or it was a stroke or, you know, some other way that they had an acute illness that hit them. And so it wasn't that they chose rest. It was that rest was forced upon them And then after it was forced upon them, they started to appreciate it because um, when I look at that story, really, and I really think that's the reason I probably wrote the book. When I look at that story in my head, I'm thinking if they could only get an understanding for, for rest and really why it's so important before they ever got to that place, what would their life look like if we halt that progression? if we can keep them in a place of wholeness and health and wellness before, that, before the burnout, before the heart attack, before the stroke, before the car accident because you're absent-minded and your head's in a hundred places. What happens? What would the world look like if we can interject something before we get to that point? And what would that something be? Really, it's an understanding. I think for so many people, they have believed that sleep and rest are the same thing. And because of that, they think, well, I rest, I go to bed every night, you know, for six, seven, eight hours. So I get all the rest that I need. But what I find is so many people do go to sleep and they get a decent number of hours of sleep and they still wake up tired. And the problem with that is then it feels like, well, there's just no hope for me, because you know, that's how many people came to me. I sleep eight hours. I've I, as a physician, check all of their labs and all of the things that doctors do to try to determine if there is a medical reason for why they're tired and everything comes back normal. Because then if you're still tired and you don't have any answers and no one has described to you what the process is, you feel like you are, you are terminally broken. And then what's, where's the hope in that?
0: Well, it right. It, it does feel hopeless, and I was I struck also, no pun intended, with that one example that you were giving, that she knew that she didn't want to be on that path, but it's almost like the accident gave her permission. Yeah, and I think so many of us are waiting for it's okay not to be all and do all. It's just you're good, be there. So, and I and there is a huge spiritual component to your book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you intend that when you started to write it, or is that just part of who you are and you knew that it had to be there for it to be a holistic approach?
2: Um, I knew it had to be there. I didn't know at the time I started writing it that I would go as deep into it as I did. You'll notice the book is actually divided up into two sections. The first section, I focus more on the stories and the science and the research, and the second half of the book is focused more on the spirituality part of it. When I first sat down to write the book really my thought process was to write the stories and talk about the research and just to mention the spiritual in the spiritual rest part of it but as I started kind of sharing those concepts with with different groups and with different people you know even before the book ever came into book form I found that there are some people particularly who, who were of certain faith groups that really needed to get that part straight first. It's like they, they couldn't go any further until that part was was dealt with. And you'll notice even in the introduction of the book, I actually tell people, you have permission to start in the middle of this book. It does not have to be from cover to cover. <laughs> you can flip all the way to part two and start on that section of the book because I realized just in working with people that some people needed to start there first.
0: I really liked that you structured it that way. Um, For me, hearing it second was helpful because then I could ground it. Mm -hmm. You know, and oh, okay, that makes sense. Just, but it's a very, it's a full book. I would say it's a full book. Um, So I do want you to share if you would more about your rest quiz. I think it's a pretty unique resource and um, I just think folks listening, if they don't already have your book I'm just gonna and I don't do this with every author. You need to get the book. you either need to get it in written form, kindle form or in an audio format um but it's so important, and I think with our current condition where people are experiencing more rest or anxiety, understanding the different types of rest and just how to even think about it is such, can be such a game changer for helping
2: people through this. But will you talk more about the rest quiz? Yes. The quiz is available at restquiz.com and it's a free assessment. It takes about five to seven minutes to answer all the questions. I tell people it is comprehensive because, you know, with seven types of rest, I mean, I could give like a quick a quick quiz where you can quickly get a answer, but I wanted people to actually be able to process through those questions. So for when someone sits down with the questions, you can't automatically tell what type of rest I'm talking about as I'm as you're going through the quiz. And that's intentional because just like most of us, if we take a quiz, we try to pass it. So if we kind of know what we want to be good at, we kind of fudge it a little bit. The questions are very um, uniquely drafted in a way so that you don't know what I'm pulling at in the question that I'm asking. But they're asking for a a very specific reason to try to determine which of the seven types of rest you are most efficient in. And so at the end of the quiz, you get results emailed to you that let you know where you stand and the difference on all seven types of rest. And that way you can focus your attention. I think it's kind of overwhelming to even sometimes think there are seven types of rest, you know, seven more things I need to get. But no, most of us are already excelling at many of them, but there's one or two that we either aren't aware of or just haven't put a title to it. And because we have it, we're not being intentional about getting it. And so once you can then diagnose that, oh, this is the one that I have the highest score in, let me intentionally get more rest in this area. Let me do restorative activities in this area and see how it affects my overall well-being.
0: Yeah, I didn't find that I <laughs> I didn't find the test results difficult to interpret because of how you lay them out. They're very straightforward. And what's funny to me is I was thinking I'm going okay what is the purpose of this question where is this going to lead and I was in that whole mental thing I thought just take it would you because you got things to be doing so it was interesting because I did go through that thought process like okay what is she going for here but you kind of nailed it. A lot of
2: people do that because (laughs) that's I mean that's my personality too and I think that's why when I was, you know, we were working through what questions to ask and the scoring of it and kind of the behind the scenes things that happen <laughs> to, to, to get the score to to kind of extrapolate out which direction we go in. Yes, the questions had to be very specific to look at each type of rest, but it had to be where people couldn't automatically. Some of them, particularly the physical is hard to, is hard to to kind of, make those so that you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about because physical is physical. But some of the other ones, particularly the creative, the spiritual, the uh, emotional, the social, there's some very fine lines that differentiate.
0: There are. And, um, but then the point is obviously, if it's to benefit you, the test taker, you might as well be honest. It's a good time to start being real. You're the only one who has to see your results. That's so
2: true. And you can't fail it. I have somebody, I have people write me at least every day that say, I failed the test. It's like, it's not that kind of, it's an assessment. It's not a pass or fail type grade. It's a point in time.
0: (laughs) You know, it's like, here's where we are today. And I like it because it is a line in the sand. It's like, okay, I I can be intentional about this area. That's not so overwhelming that you can't do something or stop doing something depending upon what area it is. Um, And then if we use your morning practice of what am I doing in these areas of rest, what do I need to be doing? Keep it simple. It helps even more. Hey, as we wrap up this portion of the interview um, and for folks listening, we'll have links to all of this, as well as to um, Dr. Sondra Dalton Smith's website, all of her information because it's worth checking out number one. And I'm encouraging you to take the rest quiz because I'm bossy like that, but I really do it. If you had a parting word of wisdom, think about yourself back when you started your own journey. What word of wisdom might you give someone listening today who's just thinking, there's nothing wrong with me, but I have no idea why I've got no energy, enthusiasm at all?
2: Well, I think the thing that I would have told myself when I, if looking back on how I once viewed rest, I thought when I first got started, I viewed rest as this this thing you do when the work is over. The reality is the work is never over. And for myself, what I found and what many people have found in this process of learning how to rest well, the better you rest, the better you produce, the more effective you are, the more creative you are, the more innovative you are. And I, you know, I really love that in the past few years, just having a chance to explain this process to people, that companies are starting to really start see the value of rest. Um, not long ago, Fast Company did an article where they titled it "Secrets of the Most Productive People," highlighting the work of sacred rest in the quiz. And I think that's something that many of us, who automatically think rest is for the lazy, have to understand rest is for the people who want to excel and to be at their highest quality and and offer the world the best of themselves. Anybody can pour out of their emptiness. It takes an intentional and very purposeful person to understand that what they bring is better when they allow themselves to rest.
1: You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box you can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at SaraBox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.